Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Check out the homegrownpreschooler.com. They have a great new curriculum called A Summer of Playing Skillfully. So glad you're listening this week. You have to commit to listening to the next two weeks because we decided to record a bit of the weekend at Kathy's. We took some questions from the ladies, tried to answer them the best we can. It's unedited, raw, pretty hilarious. So hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy recording it. Okay, I hit. We need a picture. Oh, we do need a picture. I have hit record. So whatever you say is now going public no matter what. That's true. In case they turn on Journey again. Um, You're going to laugh when you hear yourself on this. So, ladies, mostly ladies, I don't know. Are any men listening? Do any men really turn on this podcast? I hope so. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, But right now it's women. So, what we've done is we have had a lovely weekend. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I decided for my 50th birthday to invite random people to my house. They are random, and they are people, and they showed up, which is hilarious even more so. like They should feel kind of ridiculous. I gave them a gate code. Allison thought she was going into, like, a scary movie. Um, it has been funny what people thought. Like, the day before, I panicked and thought, what have I just done? And was sending my kids goodbye text, and it's been, I think, fabulous. I'm not sure. We've had zero agenda, um, but we've had some good conversations. And what is interesting about all these women that I have learned in the little bit of time we've been together is that they love their children fiercely. And that gives me chills to say it, and I think that... That's what our common bond is, is that at the end of the day, we all want to grow these little people up to be fierce little people, big people, to hopefully they will grow up and love God and they will love others and the rest of it will be to be decided. But hopefully that will be true. And if that is true, then I feel like we have succeeded, right? That's what I say to people, that I want my kids to grow up and know they are loved, They are loved by this crazy lady. They are loved by their God so that they are able to fiercely love others. And if they do that, then we've done something right. So anyway, so I've put them all on the spot and said, we're going to sit down and answer some questions. I want you to hear from them. They're acting shy, which they've not done. It depends on where they hit on the Enneagram. The twos are going to speak up. We've learned a lot this weekend. Depends on where they are on the Zodiac, too. Boy, the things you could really have an opinion on if you're listening to this podcast. But the good news is we don't open it up to your opinions right now. It's just us. And we have some questions (laughs) that we're going to answer. So I haven't read these before, so we're going to kind of answer them on the fly. Hopefully the person who asked them will, like, admit it, and um, we'll go from here. So Elizabeth, uh, so Elizabeth is here. Oh, I love this. This is fun. I'm going to, like, totally throw them under the bus. Elizabeth is here from Memphis. So um, I met Elizabeth at a Creative for Care conference. Literally, I think the last five minutes of the conference, we had a conversation. I remember sitting down turning my back, I mean, turning, you know, behind talking to her. I don't even know what, how we started talking, but I left remembering her and thinking, gosh, she's somebody I wish I knew better. Only conversation I'd ever had with her. 
You too. Isn't that funny? Well, now we found out we're both Mississippi girls, so that's probably the kindred spirit. Elizabeth asked this question. How do you make time for all the kids to make them feel like a cherished individual? And then homeschooling multiple age levels. How do you make it more smooth? Oh, I love that question. And I'll tell you, this goes back to the podcast we did, Jordan, that you'll remember about having lots of kids. And the thing that I struggle the most with is that. How do I make them all know they're it? They're, how, do, how do I make them all feel they're my favorite? Do your kids ever do that, right? Who's yeah. your favorite? Mine all insist they're my favorite. So if that's the case, then I've succeeded, right? That if they all feel that I would pick them over the others, then I think I've done it. How do I do it is I have to make it happen. Because what happens is the quiet ones, like my Joshua, he'll never get any time because he's quiet. He'll just go on, and he's a rule follower. He just does what he just does, and he'll never. This one that you've met, Sarah, she demands. You can tell she's all up in my business. She will be right beside me. She's kind of like Hannah the dog. Hannah and Sarah are usually the two people in our family that are next to me. She will make sure. So what do you do? I grab them, and anywhere I can, and I take them along. And the car has been our saving grace. I dread the day they get their license. I'm serious. Because that's when my car conversations end with them. And so don't wish that away. Because those car times are powerful. So we're not on our phones in the car. They call it lectures with mom. They think it's hilarious. (laughs) But boy, we've had some good talks in the car. So anytime I can grab them and be alone, I do that. Or just a couple of them at a time. What's funny, though, is sometimes they'll miss their siblings. Like, well, so can't so-and-so go with me? And they would rather have one of their siblings with them than sometimes go alone. So I'm okay with that, too, even if it's two at a time. But you have to make it happen. Now, do you schedule it? I don't know. It depends on your personality, if you actually put it in your calendar or not. But you do have to say, all right, this week I'm going to be intentional here. And maybe get your spouse to be intentional with some. And so that make sure you're both doing that. And it doesn't have to be cheesy date with dad and they get all dressed up. I mean, that's not bad. It's, but it doesn't have to be like that. It can be like, hey, I've got to run to CVS because I forgot something. Come go with me. You know, let's go. And, and all you're doing is checking in. It's a heart thing. It's not that you're, like, going to have this big lecture, which it usually turns into if you're my kid. But um, it just is a checking in thing. And then, again, if they have interests. Like, I remember Grace, she loves a kid, all things Japanese. And I remember they were having this Japanese festival in town, and I saw it come up on something. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally snagging tickets. I'm going to surprise her and go do that. So we would do that one-on-one thing because it was based on her interest. I mean, the other kids would rather stab their eye out than go to a Japanese festival. But for Grace, it was the greatest day on the planet. So I think those are ways that you make sure. I think it is a struggle in a family more than two kids. I mean, struggle with two kids. It's struggle with just our spouses, right? But you have to make it happen. It's like any relationship. If you don't invest the time, it won't happen. You won't have the relationship. You can't call it a relationship. If you don't put the time in. And unfortunately, that one does usually fall back on us, especially with our quiet kids. Um, how do you home- homeschool multiple ages? Make as much as you can together. When you're not doing that, partner your kids up. You have to partner your kids up. Even if you have three kids, work with one, partner the other two while you're doing that and rotate them around. Everybody doesn't have to go to another room. If they're under middle school, you can do 90% of your stuff together. Middle school. It's not what we say often, but it is that. Y'all are so quiet now that the recording's on. That's good. Well, right. Okay, good. I know. They were so noisy before I hit record. Everybody was chiming in. You can chime in. That's kind of the point of this. I want you, I want, because people are going to want to hear from you too, because probably they're sitting there having the same things go through their mind that you're having. So follow up. I'm totally okay with that. Any follow ups on that one? Yeah. 
You got to be loud because the oh, microphone's okay. not near you. Okay. There you go. So, I'm Jordan. Hi, um, Jordan. And I'm very type A, and I am relatively new to this whole letting them play freely and explore. Yes. It's been so freeing, as we've talked about. Yeah. But I still have lots of questions, which was one of my questions there. How, you know, how do you know when to take things a little bit more seriously and hold yes. them accountable for things? Yep. So, your response of... Really not till middle school up to that point. Let them explore. Let it be a lot more laid back. That's very freeing for me. Yeah, and let it be age appropriate. Like, I'm not saying you let them run the household. And people often mistake. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're just saying let them take over. And I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do that. If you walk into my house, you notice it's, for the most part, it's not chaos. I mean, I like a tidy house. Mm -hmm. This is with kids. They have to. You heard Sarah. She's like, mom's not going to like your bed's not made, even at (laughs) 2 in the morning. I like that. So I do want to teach kids to finish well. That's important. But developmentally, our younger preschoolers especially, they're done when they're done. And often it doesn't look like our timetable. We put our big grown-up expectations on their little brain. It doesn't mesh. So be careful. But when they get to, you know, 12, 13, they can handle that. So, but things you can do, like making the bed at 3 and 4, or say, hey, let's go make that bed together. If they're like, no, I don't want to make my bed. Bed, oh my gosh, I'm going to beat you there and I'm going to tuck the first corner in. Who's going to do it, you know, last? Lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? They might even approach their grown-up chores like cleaning the house with lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be funny to walk in when you're the grandmother and you see your daughter jamming to some music, cooking dinner, or cleaning the kitchen, and you think, I did that. She does that because of my crazy self being lighthearted about chores. But we're like, this is your chore chart. I'm going to put a sticker here. If you don't do your chore, you don't get a sticker. And if you don't get a sticker, you don't get a toy on Friday. And I was going to go buy you a toy on Friday, but I'm not now. Well, who's going to, like, want to do that? Explain it. This was also helpful, the abstract concept. That was helpful. So kids are concrete thinkers. Like, I remember one time I said to John Michael, I'm like, I am going to spank your tail. He goes... I don't have a tail. (laughs) And he was so concrete, right? He was so concerned that he didn't have a tail like he was supposed to have a tail and I was going to spank it off. (laughs) That's how they think. They think concretely. So you've got to keep it concretely for them. You can't talk in this big abstract world. Like when we said, hey, are you finished? Well, for us, that might mean project-driven finish, right? If you're building a Lego that's based on a pattern, does it look like the picture? But for them, they're finished because in their brain it looks just like they wanted it to look so but when they get between seven eight nine really there's a switch in the brain where they can handle some abstract things they can handle some oh wow um circus maybe they went to the circus before and they can remember that right they it's abstract or that or they can think of space or they can think of some of those more abstract things so you can teach in those types of ways you can't do that in those early years before eight I mean, you can, but it's going to be super confusing for these kids. Anything else on that one? Um, I've got one thing. Uh, Let me hear it. This is Jill. Can you tell where she's from? She is from California. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, one of of the things is character building in my kids. And my oldest is not your typical oldest. Right. He really needs confidence. Okay. So I took a subject like science that doesn't matter, really. I mean, like in the, I mean, you can go at your own pace. Yeah. And learn different things, and if you get some concepts, great. If you don't, then that's fine too. Yes. 
and he's teaching the others. Yeah. And, and what I did was just the sunlight. Just and, and it's not even their grade. Sure. It's just something just that he absolutely. can teach. And so he's teaching the younger ones, and I was just looking through their questions because I don't typically grade them on that because I know they're reading the books and they're enjoying that community together. Right. And it was like, what's the building blocks of a molecule? And they all put Lego. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all, that is hilarious. Yeah. That, that is amazing. And I never even corrected them because I'm like, you know what? At this level, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and it is such a nice thing to do. John Michael was always my teacher. He was my little assistant. He helped teach. He's actually studying to be a counselor and a teacher now in college. So you never know what that's going to do for them, having that leadership skill. It's one of the most beautiful things about mixed ages. So when you think of one-room schoolhouses, right, that's when our country was the most literate. That's when we were really thriving with education and I would think even probably socially emotionally with our children more so too these kids were in mixed ages so it wasn't like oh my gosh you're a first grader you must boom whatever first grader should know you're a third grader it was like you move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing as long as there's progression then you're okay and so one of the things, too, that happened is those older kids stepped up as leaders and they started teaching the younger kids. So it built leadership skills in them. The younger kids had what I would call good peer pressure. And like, I'm going to keep up. My brother ain't going to teach me. I'm going to show him I know it. And that's all positive. So you had a lot of win-win from that multi-level, you know, mixing. We don't do that today. But in homeschooling, you've got the benefit of that. You can pull in some of your older kids to teach, even their favorite subjects, right? It doesn't have to be. It can be like if they're really great. Like I remember Grace loved geography. And so the next year, she wanted to teach her siblings. Well, it was a disaster, for being honest. It sounded great, <laughs> and I could tell you it was lovely. It wasn't. She was mean, and she was, like, demanding, and her siblings didn't like it. And we stopped it. So if it didn't work, don't keep doing it. You know, you can stop it. But if it's working and it's building stuff in them, go for it. That's, again, why do you homeschool? It's probably going to be lots of different reasons. Why do you homeschool? Answer. Somebody, why do you homeschool? Because I want to be with my kids. I want to be involved in their, okay. in their every day. Anybody for a different reason? To teach the child, not the curriculum. Okay. Oh, look at you paying attention to that class. Boutique education. <laughs> I, want Boutique. Kids, I want my kids to love to learn. Okay. And, and to learn how to learn. Yes. I'm going to be able to tailor what they're mm-hmm. learning to what they're interested in. Right. Yeah. Relationships. Awesome. Relationships. Yeah. I want them to think that something that someone calls as a disability is a strength and a way that God mm. has made them beautiful and a way that they are going to make the world beautiful. That gives me chills. It's so true, right? So think of your reason and be driven by that. None of you said for my kid to be at Harvard, which interestingly enough, when research was done about kids at Harvard and at Yale and they studied their preschool experience, those two schools more than anyone else by far had a play-based preschool education. Just put that in your hat in case you decide that's your goal. Um, But none of you said that. So then focus on, okay, why do I do it? Keep that in your, I mean, write it big somewhere. Write it across, put it on your fridge, get a chalkboard like I do, have it there to remind you on those tough days. I do it for relationships. Whoever just said that, relationships. Okay? So be careful, right? Relationships. 
then you should be driven by that. So when you make a decision on curriculum or your, how you're going to talk to them, think, is this working towards my goal of relationships? Man, that'll mm. get you in the gut when you want to, like, lose it because <laughs> they, like, ate a Cheerio before dinner. Um, advice moving on (laughs) moving on advice for prioritizing marriage and having a heart for your spouse when you're just not in the mood to take care of another person Um, again that's who did did who I did you did I love that you think I'm worthy of answering that question but I'm not but um, what I do know pardon BS what I do know is this (laughs) Is that if you, and this is any relationship, a couple things that I know. If you spend time praying for that person, it's hard to stay pissed at them. Doesn't matter who it is. A girlfriend, a spouse, a kid. So if you're praying for that man, man, it changes it. Number two, if you're so focused on how can I serve them today and being creative about it, you're not even noticing if they do or do not take care of you or you're taking care of them. That was one of the most powerful things that I heard is that we think of spouses of, are they serving me or I have to take care of them? But if you look at it, that both of you, and you both have to agree to do this, that we're so busy trying to outdo one another in love. We're so, we have tears. We've had tears on weekend. <laughs> if we try to do, and I know it's hard. I get it. You don't want to, and especially if they're not on board and you feel like you're the one giving 90% and they're giving 10 it is hard. And I'm not talking if there's bigger issues, there's bigger issues, and that's a different story. But if this is just every day, kids are in the way, and I'm exhausted, and the last thing I want to do is get my, yeah. you know, happiness on in the bed or wherever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I do get that. I do get that. But what I know is intimacy is so much more than sex. And I do know that, that sex does build intimacy, if done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You do have to, again, going back to honest conversations, going back to, man, this is my partner. So what is a partnership? What is What does it look like? And it has to start with honest conversations. If, you if you're not talking to your man, you got to go there first. You're, and it's got to be, it, it's, it goes back to Brene Brown. And I love her because I love that she says vulnerability takes courage. And if you've ever been vulnerable and you've been smashed for being vulnerable, it takes a heck of a lot more courage to go there again. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that nine out of ten times, as long as your partner is also willing to have the courage to be vulnerable, it ends up beautiful and stronger Mm -hmm. if you've got that. So... Uh, that would be day-to-day, but you've got to, uh, you have to fight for it because, boy, I know firsthand, it is a playground for Satan to just mm. meh, 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 <laughs> meh, at the marriage, and it's easy. It's easy. Just let it creep up and let there. Another thing I heard is, you know, we go into marriage and we have our box of expectations, and we're like, oh, hey, it's nice to marry you. Here you go. There's my box. You just make that happen, and we're all good, <laughs> and we walk on. And they're like, excuse me, didn't really agree to that box. (laughs) They're like, how about you have my box? And you just work from my box. And so instead, those expectations ruin relationships. You'll hear me say that a hundred times. Expectations ruin relationships. So instead, you just put an empty box, and you're right, all right, let's fill it. 
what you got, what's in there, and you decide together what goes in there, and you stick to that. And every day you decide what goes in there, and you stick to that. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. When you got littles, it's so hard. You, you don't even like the smell of another person. <laughs> You're like, right. back away right now. Sleep is the sexiest thing going. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question kind of going off that? Yep. Um, how, how do you help to keep your spouse on the same page with, with what you're doing during the day? Um, like, like they come home and we'll you don't, and the, the kids are on top of them and then it's bedtime and then like you're supposed to have like like you want to have time for the two of you but there's like I feel like there's business that needs to be taken care like here's what we're working on here's what we're struggling with here's what's going on with this kid with this kid um hey oh by the way this kid wipes his own butt now and you've been wiping it for a year (laughs) um you know, things like that. Uh, so there's lots of different ways people do it. And it depends on your personality so much. I've seen people have a journal that they just keep running tabs and they write notes to each other. Sometimes they're love notes to each other. Sometimes they're practical notes. Sometimes it's funny, like, oh, did you know Jonah wipes his own butt now? Ha! And you leave it at that in the journal. But you have this little husband-wife journal going. It's not always face-to-face, but sometimes it's like texting, but it is more tangible than that. Sometimes you just write it in the journal because you know that every other Friday you have a date, and if you don't have dates on the calendar, shame on you. You've got to get away from your kids. No marriage is strengthened by you being stubborn, saying, I'm never going to leave my kids. You have to leave your kids. These men are desperate for the girl they married. Desperate. And I only point to you because I love that your husband said the girl I married is back. Mm-hmm. They're desperate to see that girl. So you get your little honey dressed up in your sexes. You are all hot looking women. You show that to your man and you remind him. And maybe in the middle of that you say, well, and by the way, Jonah wipes his butt now. <laughs> so you've got to have some it will you wouldn't believe some, the weirdest things um, so you have to do a couple things again it goes back I hate to say it goes back to intentions I'm not putting it on you this is why it's a partnership and this is why you have to have those honest conversations and say look you know we haven't really done this together I've handled this and you've handled this but I need you but you also have to say I want to be a part of you. Tell me about you. Let them decompress about you. They're not, we think they're superheroes, our men. We think that they can handle, that they've got these big, broad shoulders that can handle everything, and they just can't. And sometimes they're scared, too, that their kid's not reading, but they don't want to offend you. And they're nervous at what the heck are you doing with this curriculum. And they're (laughs) nervous that you're losing it, or they come home and the house is a wreck and you haven't showered in days. It makes them panic. (laughs) And you remind them that this is short and that you want nothing more that when they get grown that you guys are about to get it on all the time in an empty house. <laughs> but if you don't do the work during, you're not going to be there. You're going to be yeah. like, bye, Felicia. Because you're going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that. 
And it's not, you're the ones here. If your men were here, I'd tell them the same thing. I would say, you better flirt with that woman. You better show up with flowers and write her a love note. And I will say that, um, again, and I'm a newbie, right? And this, it's real easy for you to see this. And Jeff and I are good partners. And he did show up with flowers and a love note. And he does it all the time. He doesn't just do it for you. He does it all the time. And even on days where he's tired, he will think about that. And I'll try to do the same. Our goal, and we've said, is to outdo one another in love. We don't do it perfectly, but that really is what we try to live out. What do you want to say? One thing that we did is realize and really be honest with each other that my husband spends most of his time in his workplace. And I'm most of my time at home. And so we're in literally two different worlds. And so we have reminders set on our phone. Like he has a reminder, like pray for me, or text you, or at the end of the day, what got dropped. So he can ask me, okay, what got dropped today? Because he has seen me at my worst, like mm. where I have melted down. Yeah. And he's like, so what can we practically do about it? So even when I walk by his phone and it buzzes, I mean, you know, you look down. And you see that, it's mm -hmm. such an encouragement, even if he doesn't ask that day mm -hmm. what got dropped, mm -hmm. that you know that at some point he's thinking about you, or mm -hmm. at some point he's praying for you, or at some point it's just that intentional, mm -hmm. um, and I do the same thing, like, I don't know what you've got going on at work today, but I'm praying for you. Bottom line, our men are not our enemies, we make them our enemies. For They're me. for us. Mm -hmm. A big one for us was praying together. Like, there's so many times when you think they have no idea what's going on, and I'm alone in this, and and then you hear their heart when they pray, and it's just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. When I love them, they want to fix it, right? So often they're like, yeah. you need to do one, two, three. If you just did one, two, three, it'd be fine. <laughs> like if you just took that house and you just cleaned it up by 10 and you just got that shower and you just told the kids if they sit there, you'd be good. Can we go on down and go to the bed? And you're like, oh, hold it. That is not what I need. I just need to vomit out to you and you just hear me. It's funny. I made a post and I will brag on Jeff till I go home because I think he's pretty much an angel. But, um, you know, he will often like run baths for me and and he one day I walk in he had my favorite praise music going he had my favorite scent patchouli going he had um candles going he had bubbles going and all I could think was he sees me mm -hmm. he sees me and he sees me in my ugly he sees me in my scared he but he sees me and that's all we want we want men who see us but guess what they need us to see them too and I think we are guilty. I was going to say, one thing for us is that very early on in our marriage, Steve was so wise. I don't even know where it came from, but he is a fixer. I mean, yeah. most men most are. Most men are, yeah. And he sat down with me. I've had a crappy day. And he looked at me and he said, do you want me to listen or do you want me to try to fix it? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And right went, on. Oh, bless your soul. <laughs> I just want you to listen. I yes. don't want you to try to fix my yes. day. And it, he did, mm -hmm. I mean, 15 years, and he's still, do you need me to fix it or do you want me to listen? You know, and I'm like, can you not tell yet? You know? <laughs> right, right. But I will tell you. 95% um, of the time, it's just 95% of the time, yeah. it's just listen. And so it, that's been huge. That's, I love that. But it does go back to those conversations, and it, they're hard. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, these people that we've chosen to spend our life with, we put walls up. 
And I don't know why we do it, but we do. And so if we could just keep them at bricks and never let them get to be walls. And the only way you do that is to you knock them down by talking about it when they're bricks. But if you don't, they quickly become walls. All right. Are we crying yet? So much crying. How, how, how have you, have you personally let go of mom guilt that comes when you know you've messed up things? I hate that question. Next. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How do you let go of mom guilt? So mom guilt, uh, we all have it. And I, if you know me at all, you've heard me talk at all, I share ridiculous stories of how I've messed up. And I have messed up. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I remember one time my kids, I told them I was going to kill them. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm going to kill you. And I didn't mean it, but I meant it. I mean, I didn't mean it, but you know what I'm saying? I was, And they're like, the look on their face, like they thought I was serious. And I'm thinking, what did I just say? I probably defect should be called. Um, I didn't mean it, but the anger will well up, right? I mean, especially, I don't know what it was when they were little. I would struggle and I would get mad and I would lose it. And then later I would laugh my butt off. <laughs> that I'm like, what in the world? Like, seriously, that was so irrational what I just did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would have to go back to them, and every time I would go back to them and say, I just totally messed that up, and I lost it. And if I could go back and rewind and say this instead, this is what I would say. And I think I was just amazed at my kids because they would go, it's okay, Mom. It's okay, Mom. I love you. It's okay, Mom. It's okay, Mom. And I've shared the story a hundred times about Jackson. And I wish you could meet Jackson. Because Jackson is, again, you saw his picture. He's the epitome of a little Georgia boy with his blonde hair and football body. And he comes across as confident and cocky and couldn't care less. In reality, he is my most tender kid. And people don't know that don't know. He's my most tender kid. And I share the story, and you've probably heard it, that he one day was picking on Henry, and I had had it, and I, and he hit Henry, and Henry did his baby cry, and I came up to Henry, I mean to Jackson, and I, I mean, I, at this time, I like was working out nicely and had some good biceps, and I punched the fool out of Jackson. Punched him in the arm. And I expected him to go, Mom, seriously? And he broke down and started crying. And I couldn't even believe myself I just pretty much thought I should be done being a mom at that point because I sucked so badly and I would love to tell you he instantly forgave me and he didn't he didn't (laughs) I remember it was close to his birthday and I'd bought him tickets to see the Falcons because he loves football and we were going to the Falcons game and I remember sitting in the back seat with him because we were going with some other people And he looked at me, and you could see the hurt still in his eyes, like, can I trust you? I struggled for a bit, and it took a lot of, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Well, I didn't agree with what you did with your brother. I did it so much worse. And and he said, Mom, it really hurt my feelings. And I didn't expect that from you, but I forgive you. And... Gosh, I will, and I told him, I said, Jackson, there's not a kid that's more tender in our group than you, and I'm so sorry I didn't see that, but I see it now. 
And, and so it, 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 it's hard. I don't know whoever asked the question, but it's hard. I deal with it. I, I have mom guilt. I had mom guilt over that. And I can tell you, unfortunately, that's not the only story. There's many <laughs> over the years where I have lost it and blown it and messed up. But what I do know is I think if any of my kids were sitting here, Sarah's here somewhere hiding from us now. But if she were here, she would tell you that I, I know she, they would tell you that they're confident that no one loves them more or would go to the end of the earth more than this crazy lady. They do know that, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect. But what I do love is that it's a way to point them to Christ and to say, you know what, I'm so thankful we have a Jesus who loves us when we mess up. (laughs) And me too, buddy, because I'm going to mess up and I'm going to lose it. And you're going to lose it on people and you're going to need to go and apologize to them just like I did. And he in turn went and apologized to Henry for losing it on Henry. It was pretty powerful. It really did change our relationship. He was almost 15 at the time, and it changed our relationship. It was only like three years ago. I'd love to tell you it was like 10 years ago when I didn't have it. was just like yesterday. No, but it, was, it wasn't that long ago when I lost it. I mean, I still do. I mean, I, I don't lose it as often at all, um, but I do. I still mess up. I still mess up. Any follow-ups on that? This is going to be like a three-day podcast. All <laughs> We're going to cut it. In fact, we should probably do the, hey, let's take a commercial break and talk. Anybody want to give a commercial for your business? doTERRA. doTERRA oils. Do they work for you? <laughs> <laughs> we have some girls that sell them. Uh, they come in the color blue. I don't know. Uh, so let us know if that's your thing. All right. Okay, well, that's the end of part one. So hopefully you're intrigued to stay around and listen to part two. Next week, we're going to finish up a lot of great questions from these ladies. We had such a blast. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.